What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked for you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. We're talking about taking advantage of spiritual highs. Boom, there it is in really big letters so that you don't forget. Um, how many of you guys are going to camp? Okay, pretty good chunk of you. If you're not, that's okay. Um, you're just slightly less cooler than everybody else. But um, <sighs> you're waiting for the I'm kidding, but I'm not. Wow, you guys are just, just a dead crowd today. All right, whatever. I was kidding, obviously. Okay, so I love camp. Camp's awesome. Um, fun fact, I actually got saved at camp. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 15. Uh, actually, I might have been 14 because it was 2015. Yes. So, um, right? Yeah. 15 years old, was at camp, got saved, gave my life to the Lord. It was awesome. Um, yeah, and that whole week of camp, because it was like day two, I think, and it was like a 10-day camp, so that whole week, I was lit up, guys. How many of you guys, like, remember the day that you got saved? It's okay if you don't, but if you do, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, it's a different feeling. You're like, okay, I'm a, I'm a new person. I feel, like, washed and clean, and I also, I'm in love with this man now, this man, Jesus, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what that even means, but it's cool, and I want to, you know, I want to, you know, figure it out. And so, yeah, that week I was, I was lit up. I was, I was getting words and visions and everything else, but then what happens after when I go home, right? I go home, things, you know, things got hard pretty quickly. Um, I got home, and, you know, relationships are hard still, you know, the same way they were before. But now I have a new perspective, but they're still hard. Um, I have to go back to school at a certain point because I was like a freshman in high school. Uh, and that was a bummer because school. And, uh, you know, it's just life. Life got hard. And so what happened to my, my walk was that I started to stumble a little bit, started to kind of lose ground where I thought when I got saved, I was like, you know, I've got the calling, the Lord's with me now, I have the Holy Spirit, things are going to be awesome, I'm going to be a holy man, blah, 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 um, but I didn't realize, I kind of knew, I kind of had like, because people would tell me that all the time, they'd be like, like life's still going to be hard, you just got to, you just got to walk with the Lord now, and, and it'll be different, it'll be better, but it's not always going to be perfect, so I, I kind of had some idea, but I didn't have an idea of how hard it was going to get, and what they meant by life is going to be hard, um, so that said, um, I could probably talk about that more, but I'm going to move on. Uh, the Bible talks about this guy, Abraham. How many of you guys know who Abraham is? Um, like, know about him. It's okay if you don't. But, so Abraham's the father of the Israelites. The, all, of his, all of the people of Israel, in fact, the Bible says anybody who's saved is actually a son of Abraham. So we are actually considered part of Abraham's family, which is cool. Um, but Romans 4 uh, says, it. the whole chapter, Romans 4, talks about Abraham, and it says some, like, funny things, some weird things. Um, it's, it talks about how, how Abraham never wavered in his faith. It says he, he never wavered, that he had full faith in the promise of the Lord when the Lord promised him, Abraham, you're going to have a son, even though Abraham was freaking old, like, not just like old, I mean, this dude was 
really old. <laughs> it was literally impossible for him and his wife, who was also really old, to have a child. And so they were, they kind of, his wife especially was like, what? That's a joke. Like, that's, that's not funny, Lord, okay? We are too old. We are not having kids. Um, that's what actually happened. If you read Genesis, that's what it says. But then Romans 4 says this other thing where it says they never wavered. It says Abraham fully uh, believed the Lord. In fact, four, chapter 4 verse 20 says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Um, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So his faith was because he gave faith, the Lord put righteousness on him. Um, so the, what, what's going on? You know, the Holy Spirit is saying this. He did not waver. And then it's like, God, did you even read the Bible? Like, because this dude, Abraham was like the king of not having faith. He basically not only didn't believe in the promise that, you know, he was going to have a kid, and therefore we have the literal proof in the first child, Ishmael, um, which is the child that he had with his slave, right? Because they were like, well, he promised us to have a kid, but it's not happening, so let's try and have a kid with a slave. Ishmael happens, and then the Lord comes through, but then later on, there's another part where Abraham, you know, goes to this king, and he doesn't want the king to know uh, that his wife is his wife, and so he lies to the king because he's trying to protect himself, even though the Lord told him that he's going to be okay. He's safe. The Lord is with him. But instead, he says, Sarah, tell him, tell him you're my sister. Tell him you're my sister so he doesn't try and kill me so that he can make you his wife. So multiple times, Abraham fully fails at having faith. But later on, Romans says he, never, he did not waver. Um, so back to me getting saved, camp, all that stuff. Basically, what I found out when I went back home is that it turns out that my, my faith, my Christianity, my salvation wasn't all just based off of like a cool five-day week that I had, right? This five-day high uh, where I was at camp and worship's awesome and there's all these people around me who love Jesus um, and there's no distractions and I'm going to the prayer room every morning because they make you go. It was like I had everything set up for me. But it turns out my actual walk with the Lord was going to become more important when I got home and all that stuff was gone, right? And now I'm just going through the motions of life. Um, and that's when my faith was challenged. Um, Abraham was considered faithful, but he failed so much. And until after waiting 20 years, that's when God delivered his promise. But here's the thing. Abraham, even though he failed, he would always basically get back up and continue to trust in the Lord and continue to serve the Lord. Even though he failed the first time, he would have faith again later. He would have a high where he'd be like, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me, I repent. Here, I'm, the Lord says, you know, sacrifice your son. He says, I'll do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice my son. 
um, to show that I have the faith. Um, and the thing was, the Lord, he didn't care that, you know, all of a sudden Abraham's back. He wasn't like, oh, wow, Abraham's kind of kicking it up a notch. Like, this is my guy now. He didn't care about that as much as he didn't care about Abraham failing. The thing that he cared about was Abraham continuing to choose to walk with God, continuing to choose God even after his failures and even after his great successes to humble himself before the Lord and say, Lord, you, you are in control of all of it. You're in control of my life. Um, in fact, I have this really cool quote um, from a friend of mine named Bob, Bob Sorge. And uh, this is a quote from one of his things. You can throw it up there if you want. God does not measure your spiritual journey in days. God does not even measure your spiritual journey in weeks. He doesn't even measure your spiritual journey in months. God measures our spiritual journey in years. Here's how God does the math. He takes off all your lows because when you're depressed, he's not. And he takes off all your highs because when you're having a spiritual moment, he's not that impressed. And he's looking to see how you walk with him through the years. So if your walk looks something like this, you know, spiritual high, spiritual high, crap, God cuts all that stuff off, and it looks more like this. This is how God sees it. It's just a steady upward climb, right? It's not as, it's not as steep as you want it to be in your, you know, your spiritual highs, but it's, it's a climb that continues to go with the Lord. Um, and he says he accounts it as righteousness. Um, faith is longevity. It has to do with Length, it has to do with the endurance of the race, the endurance of our relationship with the Lord. Because God's eternal. Do you guys know that? God lives forever. He's eternal. Your life, the span of our life, is literally nothing compared to God's eternality. Or however, I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> um, but he's eternal, and that's the way he interacts with the, our relationship with us is is longevity, um, is time. Do we continue to stick it out with the Lord when it sucks? Do we continue to stick it out with the Lord when, you know, whenever we're doing really good, you know, whenever things are all fine, do we, do we, do we continue to, like, trust the Lord, or are we like, no, I'm good now. Like, I'm a really good person. I don't need the Lord anymore. Um, so then the next question is, all right, but how do I start? How do I okay, I want to have a long relationship with the Lord, but how do I even start, right? How do, I, how, do I, how do I not have the lows and have more highs? You know, I still want to, like, I still want to do well. I don't want to just, like, sit it out and wait. That's not really what I'm saying either. It's not just like a, okay, so I'll just kind of live my life, but, you know, trust the Lord the whole time. Um, there's still this activity. Um, so I have ADHD, uh, I don't know if, if you guys don't know what that is, it means uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Um, basically, there's a lot of things that it has to do with, but it means my energy levels fluctuate a lot, and it means my attention span is really terrible, and <laughs> I, I forget things really easily. Uh, and so I have to do this thing now because I'm an adult, and I have responsibilities. I have a wife that I have to take care of. So I have to be responsible, but I have this kind of like uh, 
disability, if you, if you put it that way, um, where it's harder to be responsible. So what I have to do, is, one of the things I do to help is I make things ADHD friendly. And to make something ADHD friendly is like, if I'm in my house and in my kitchen, and I, wanna, I have a toaster oven, and I like to make uh, toast every day, then everything that has to do with me making toast is going to be all right there in the same area. I'm going to prepare it. It's not going to be in the cupboard and some of it's in the fridge and then down here because I'm never going to make toast that way. I'm going to forget something. It's going to be too much work. I'm going to be like, I, and then I'm going to forget, you know, my keys. I'm going to forget to brush my teeth or whatever, fix my hair. Something's going to go wrong. So I just set it all up. I prepare it, you know, prepare for success. Pretty simple idea. Does that make sense? Cool. Uh, I mean, it is like an analogy, but I still want it to make sense to you guys because to start our walk with the Lord, we kind of, we, we don't have to just like hope everything goes well, right? We don't have to just lean on, you know, the people around us that know the Lord, like our pastors or whatever, our family members. We don't have to just do that. We can prepare ourselves for success. Um, in a way. It's kind of like setting an alarm, you know, before you go to bed. You're preparing yourself for success to actually wake up on time. Maybe I set three alarms. I have one, and then another goes off in 10 minutes, and then another goes off in five minutes. And I'm always waking up at the five-minute one, but the first two, not going to happen. Never in any world would I ever wake up at those two alarms. But they're there for a reason, to prepare me so that I actually wake up and, you know, come preach to you guys. Um, but we do the same thing in our spiritual life. And this is why I'm talking about those spiritual highs, like at camp or during like a really good worship service, those times. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like, this, I'm, I'm, I actually feel like right now I can let go of everything. I can give up everything just to serve you, Lord. It doesn't always feel that way, but there are times when it does. And you can take advantage of those times because it, if those are the only times we're interacting with God, it's not going to work. It's going to fail. But if you use those times to set yourself up for longevity with God, you are going to be so happy in your relationship with the Lord. Um, you're going to actually have a relationship with him. It's not just going to be, I only talk to him during really good worship services. Um, so you have to set up spiritual bombs in your life so that when they go off, your heart and the, thing that you, the things that you care about change. That's what, that's what creates longevity. What are spiritual bombs? What do they look like? Um, these are some examples I pulled out, but the, it's kind of hard to come up with them because they really are tailored to you. Um, you have to think about uh, what are things in my life that I want to get rid of, but that's really hard to get rid of, and what are things in my life that I want to do to grow closer to the Lord, but that's kind of hard to do, that I'm, I'm not good at doing. Um, and so, like, one example, one of the best examples is have accountability in your life. A friend or a family member uh, that challenges you to go further. Um, set up rules for yourself and have them hold you accountable to those rules. Um, even talking to other people about Jesus that you've never talked to before. Um, the accountability thing, that was one of, a huge thing for me. When it was time for me to, like, make sure that I was actually spending time with the Lord, make sure that I was um, staying away from things that were distracting me from the Lord. I had to, during my normal day-to-day -day life, I wouldn't, I couldn't do that stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't get off of the bed, you know, and be like, hey, 
can you help me with this? It was, it was only during times where I was in my spiritual high, right? Um, where I was, I was really like, oh, Lord, I want to love you, but I know I'm going to fail. So right now in this moment, while I care about it, while I'm really in the zone, I'm going to set myself up. I'm going to get somebody, hey, hey, can you, can you be my accountability partner? Can you make sure that, that, you know, if it's like my roommate, hey, can you make sure that I'm, I only play video games for like 30, 30 minutes or an hour, like tops? If, I'm, if you see me being sluggish, I'm not going, I'm not working, I'm not hanging out with people, I'm not going to the prayer room, like if I'm just doing that, could you, could you challenge me a little bit? And I would set those up for myself during times where I was in my spiritual high. Does that make sense? So even, obviously, if you're not in a moment like that right now, currently, as I'm, you know, talking to you and you're all sitting here yawning and falling asleep, like, that's okay. But you can, you know, sooner or later, take advantage of that. For those of you who are going to camp, it's probably going to happen because camp's awesome. And, and it's, it's literally set up and designed for you to have, have these moments for a little bit to, to experience the Lord in a way that's undistracted, but... Take advantage of it by setting up things in the future, setting up rules for yourself so that you can continue to walk with the Lord after camp. Because camp is, is, Christianity is not about camp, all right? And for those of you who aren't going to camp, you can still, during a worship service, during a time, even, even right now while you're thinking about it, if this message is like impacting you and hitting your heart and you're like, like really in the zone right now, like put something on your phone, like a reminder or like, you know, whatever, an alarm at a certain time that you're like, I'm going to read my Bible for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. I'm going to set the alarm. I can do 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes even when I'm down. 10 minutes is easy. Even when I'm like not feeling it, I can do 10 minutes. Like something like that. Does that make sense? I really, this is really important. This is how you grow. Um, it's like working a muscle. It's like when you first start to go to the gym. When I first started to go to the gym, which I do a lot because I, you know, I'm not that great at going to the gym. So the multiple times that I first start going to the gym, you know, it's kind of like a, all right, I'm going to do something easy. I'm going to do a little 20 pound curls, you know, maybe some air squats, no weights, just squatting, maybe like 15, 20, <laughs> just to, just to warm it up. And then tomorrow, maybe I'll do more or something like that. Um, yeah. So when you do stuff like that, you're not just like planting seeds so that, you know, people around you see you're a really good person. You're not planting seeds for that. You're planting seeds inside of yourself that are going to start to blossom and grow in the future during those times where you're like, all right, Lord, right now I'm going to give something. I'm going to do something just to change a little bit, uh, something that I feel like I can do that's easy. That, that's perfect. You know, plant those little seeds because they're going to grow. And you're, by the time next year rolls around, you won't even realize how much you've grown, how much you've, your relationship with the Lord has grown. You'll, it's just natural because he's, he's our friend. He's our father. He loves us. He's not waiting for just one awesome spiritual moment where you're like, yes, I love the Lord. He's awesome. And, you, you know, you, you're dancing and whatever during worship. You're speaking in tongues. Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever, you read the Bible for the next three days straight, just like, Bleh! you know, that, that little whatever moment is not that impressive to the Lord. But if you can take advantage of that moment to like, no, I, even when I get low, I'm going to continue to do something. I'm going to change something. Um, that's, that's where it counts. 
So I'll end with this. We'll end a little bit early. Um, it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Um, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but would rather be healed. If you read all of Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 is really awesome. He just talks about all of these heroes in the faith, all of these heroes in the Old Testament who have walked and, and, and fought for a kingdom that they don't see with their eyes, that have walked and fought for promises that they never saw during their lifetime. They gave their entire lives to a God who made promises to them, and they never saw those promises in their life, but they knew, they knew that their God was going to resurrect them and give them everything that he had promised them. Um, every single one of them, David. And these are guys who failed a lot. We're talking David, Joseph, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham. <laughs> like These guys failed all the time, but the Lord considered them worthy and counted them for righteousness because they just continued to go. They continued to walk. And by the time they got towards the end of their life, their relationship was so strong with the Lord, not because of the highs or because of the lows, not because they were awesome and not because you know, they'd been beaten down so badly, but because they had just continued. And their, their, the length of their relationship, the history that they had with God was so strong that they, at that point, they're not going to give up. At that point, they're being whipped, beaten, thrown into prison, murdered, killed, beheaded, and they still continued to walk with the Lord because he was their friend. He had been with them forever, longer than any other relationship they had ever had, and they knew it would continue to be the longest relationship they would ever have because they knew God is eternal and his kingdom is coming. His kingdom will be here on the earth, and now his kingdom is here on the earth. And the physical kingdom is coming. And Jesus is coming. And until then, his Holy Spirit is going to empower us to just wait and walk with him in longevity. Right? Not just empower us to be awesome pastors or awesome evangelists, but empower us to be awesome friends who last long. Right? So, I'll pray. And then, you know, we can do whatever we do. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you for my friends, for my brothers and sisters, God, and I just ask that you would bless them, Father, with a relationship unlike any other. God, we want to we want to burn for you, Father. Father, whatever we have to do, the little steps we have to take, God. God, all we ask is that by next year's time, Lord, in 10 years' time, in 40 years' time, God, that we would still be walking with you, that we would still trust you, that you would be faithful to us and we would have full faith that you are going to come through on your promises, that you are doing a good work, that your spirit is moving. God, let us be strong 
in the faith, Lord, strong with endurance. God, I ask for these guys. Give them more spiritual highs, God. It's not about the spiritual highs, but just give them more, Father. Give them more opportunities, Lord, to set themselves up for success, to set bombs up in their life that will go off and will create new anatomy, create new hearts, create new spirits, new minds that think things of the kingdom and no longer think things that are useless and distracting God. Holy Spirit, empower my brothers and my sisters in here, Lord. And God, just just love them, speak to them, be close to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.